0: The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom.
1: Yes, we are. Hey, welcome, moms. I am Jenny, and this is Channel Mom. This is the place where we encourage moms. We focus on the huge importance of mothers as you all work to raise up that next generation, especially in times like these. And we've got help for you today, ladies. I was thinking to myself, what is it that moms really need right now? And what do their kids need? And I thought, you must need... A little help overcoming the stress of these times to help your kids deal with things like COVID fears and social distancing and cancellations, riots, racial tension, financial strain and family battles. So I invited our counselor for moms to come join us in the house today to give us five surefire method methods to help your kids feel better. And it'll also help you as a mom combat stress in your home. This is really good stuff. So stay tuned right after 60 seconds to hear from our amazing Channel Mom Sponsors. Moms, how about having some good old-fashioned fun with your family? Just drive up to the mountains and spend a day at Idrahaji, one of Colorado's oldest Christian camps, where you can choose from over 20 activity packages, including horseback rides, climbing, archery, and more, to create the family adventure that's just right for you. Best of all, you'll enjoy biblical teaching designed to strengthen your family's faith. Idrahaji is implementing COVID prevention best practices. So schedule your adventure today at idrahaji.org. That's I-D-R-A-H-A-J-E.org. Moms are a big deal, but sometimes the world forgets. That's why Channel Mom Media and Outreach is here. We exist to love, coach, and encourage every mom, whether she's struggling with parenting, single motherhood, homelessness, or locked in prison. On radio and social media, Channel Mom works to remind each mom of her importance and give her the latest and best advice. We also reach out to moms with our hands and feet, helping homeless and incarcerated moms as well as moms in the country and mothers in the city. You can join our work by praying for us, volunteering, or giving at ChannelMom.com.
0: It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you.
1: Okay, so I have to start by saying that for like many, many years, I've had a problem with talking too fast, but I've learned for your sake to slow myself down and they had to speed me up in those commercials because I didn't fit them in quickly enough. So I do not talk that quickly. You can hear our guest laughing in the background. I do have a little musical intro for her, though. You know, I always like to pick soundtracks that go with the topics that we're talking about on the show. And we're talking about the stress and the pressure of these times. And I could not resist playing this next song. Um, It describes a lot how a lot of us are feeling these days. I'm kind of flexing, as my children would say, flexing a little bit because I'm playing music that the kids like. Here's the song to go with our show today. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days When the mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out Wish we could turn back time to the good old days When the mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out Yeah, we're stressed out. I really believe that. And we've got to do something about it for the sake of our families, for the sake of our kids. Um, That was 21 Pilots, by the way. Aren't I a cool person playing (laughs) 21 Pilots right here on Channel Mom? Okay, so what are you feeling these days? What are your kids feeling? And what do you say or do for your kids when they're stressed about the riots and COVID-19 and all of it? I think lots of moms are feeling the strain of watching their kids stress out about uh, what our nation's going through. So we've got five fabulous tips or best practices, you might say, to help moms de-stress and kids overcome worry in these times. It's our counselor for moms on the show today. So glad to have her, Jamie Kirkbride with Parenting with Personality. Jamie, welcome to Channel Mom, dear. Thank you.
0: I always love begin here, Jenny. Oh, are you just saying that?
1: No, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you have to be nice to me because I'm the host. And you have to be nice to Richard because he's at the controls. Okay, so we're going to launch right in. Um, I, I, can we just talk a little bit, though, before we um, get to the tips about some of the things that you believe as the mother of seven children that kids are feeling right now? Because I, I said to my husband when I came back from the store yesterday... And I'm not belittling the fact that masks can help protect us, okay? I, I'm not belittling that. However, I do want to talk a little bit about what the media is up to and, and how I'm critical of it because I used to be a member of the media that was paid to scare you. And I used to literally be told, make sure you make them afraid because they'll be more likely to tune into the 10 o'clock news. So we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but I also want to talk about how you view the collateral damage of, of parents losing their jobs and of families um, being pressured with homeschooling and, and, and strain and financial loss. And, and I went to the store yesterday and I thought and I said to my husband, with masks, we can no longer see each other smile. We no longer greet each other. People look away from me in the aisles of the grocery store because they don't know what to do because most of their face isn't showing. I, I find that people are angry, that they're skittish, that they're skeptical of each other, that they're divided. And I think this collateral damage is is more damaging than we're giving credit uh, for being. The, the, our primary um, focus is on the the, is the fear related to COVID-19 and not all the other things that, uh, you know, that are, as I said, the collateral damage of this. So how do you you view what's going on that's affecting our children because of COVID-19 and also because of the riots and racial tension? What do you view it as?
0: Right. You know, I think there's a lot of emotions and things that our kids are feeling. I think there's a big overlap in some of us as parents feeling a lot of these same things. But the things that come to mind right off the top of my head are sadness and uncertainty, fear and frustration disappointment and anger. And I think truly anxiety, which I think could very well be our next wave of what we're dealing with, is the anxiety that is going to be building up and even kind of taking a root in a lot of these things that we're dealing with. And I think that this mental health is going to be the next thing right on the heels of what we've dealt with.
1: Ah, that's truth, Jamie. I mean, I've I've seen witnesses of people saying, that their kids um, are, well, I, I, I saw a guy on Facebook the other day whose, whose son took his own life and he was only 14 or something. And, and I, I think there is a, an underlying nefarious um, effect going on in, in our children's mental health. And, and, and we cannot diminish the fact that that's a risk, too as we do all these things so you've you've come up with five tips that that moms i think should employ in their households to to not disregard that covid is not the only danger all kinds of other things because of the precautions we're taking are also dangerous to our children in their minds and we need to get past that for their sake so why don't you launch into your five tips for mamas
0: you bet number one i think is to create and follow routines And it might sound, well, well, good grief, we're already stressed. Why do we have to follow routines? But I think it's important that we create and follow those routines because those are the things that we can control. And that doesn't mean mean need to mean that we live by a tight schedule or that we're tied to things that we can't change our mind or have flexibility. But I think what it does is it gives us a solid foundation for what to expect whether it's daily, whether it's weekly, whether it's in the rules of the home, those are the things that are actually a safety net. And we can control those things, and those things can be controlled for our kids. And that gives them that sense of safety.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Because I actually came up with, at the beginning of COVID, a, a cleaning routine for my for my daughter and myself. And, you know, day one, she had to clean her bathroom and I would clean our downstairs bathroom. And day two, we would vacuum our bedrooms. And day three, and I came up with this cleaning routine, and, and I let it go by, like, the second week. I wasn't <laughs> following it at all. But she was. And, in fact, she said to me, Mom, we we got to stick with the routine. And I thought, when you were saying this, I thought, oh, she found comfort in that, in, in just something to follow that she could control, that she could use. So, so can you come up with an example other than what I just came up with for a mom who thinks, okay, well, well what routine should I set in place that will give my toddler a feeling of, of more control, you know, my 3-year-old or, or my 13-year-old?
0: You bet. And I think based on age, those routines may look different. It right. might be some sort of bedtime routine when you're thinking about toddlers. You know, maybe as you're getting ready for the evening, you do bags, you brush, you sit down, you read a book, or you do family time together. You know, I'm thinking for a little bit older kids. You know, for some of our um, young elementary kids, we've established a system of how they earn Xbox time. And it gives them the sense of when I do this, then this is what happens. The when-then is very important. You know, when I do my trashes, I earn five more minutes of Xbox. When I have done 20 minutes of reading, I get five more minutes of Xbox. When I've played outside for 30 minutes, I get 10 minutes of Xbox. It gives them that sense of when I do this behavior, then this is what I see as, as a result of that. And when so many things around them are out of control, that does establish that routine and that safety. And, you know, I think rules are even that way So many times as a parent, I think we think, oh, I hate to have rules. I just want to give them grace, especially for a stressful time like this. And I oftentimes find with my kids that the more I give grace, the more challenging things become. And that's because a lot of times those rules are their security net. That's what says to them, these are my clear boundaries, and things go smoothly when I operate within these. And certain kids kind of bump up against those boundaries or those rules in order to test that they have that security.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's move on to uh, tip number two for reducing stress and worry in your home, and especially for your children. What's tip number two?
0: You bet. Choose our thoughts. And I think that's important because they greatly affect our course. And believe it or not, we can train our brains. So I want to say this as a person who, myself, I've struggled with anxiety, so I don't say this um, just as some canned answer, you know, just, oh, train your brain or stop those thoughts. But it really is key. It's really paramount, especially when we're dealing with situations like this where there is a potential for growing or fostering some fear or anxiety. So sometimes it's as simple as just the way we choose our words. Uh, early on in this whole COVID thing, we really focused on not saying stuck at home but saying safe at home. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, man, we never get a break from each other, we say, we're having some really focused family time. And it's that gentle shift in how we think that keeps us from feeling like we're caged or we're stuck or something unbearable is happening here. And it reframes it in our mind to make it feel more manageable. So sometimes people say, well, what do you mean thought-stopping methods? If, if I'm starting to feel anxious or if I'm starting to feel negative, what can I do about it? And there are some some little tricks that I've given some of my counseling clients. Um, one of those is to establish a time frame. If you struggle with keeping control of anxious thoughts or negative thoughts, maybe you start training your brain by saying, okay, this is the deal. From five to six at night, I can worry about this. I can think about this, whatever I need to do. I can make lists. I can call friends and discuss my worries, whatever it is. But when it's six, then I'm going to put it away and be done until five o'clock the next day. Then I can pull it out again. And it's learning to just kind of take control over when you allow your thoughts to go there. Yeah, Some people even go to another measure that might seem a little more drastic, but you can wear a a rubber band on your wrist. And when you feel yourself heading down those little paths that aren't effective for you, just giving that little rubber band a snap. And it kind of says to yourself, oh, you're going there, not choosing that. Yeah, you're causing yourself pain. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that rubber band is
1: a reminder that, that, that going to fear and going to worry is painful to you and your body. So that's interesting. So is there yeah. anything else, uh, any other tricks that you wanted to share before we
0: get to the next thing? You know, sometimes you can even establish certain thoughts. You know, the first couple of weeks of COVID, I struggled a lot with this insomnia at night. And I finally had to say to myself, okay, if I'm going to stay awake and worry at night, I'm going to establish something undesirable that I have to get up and do if I'm going to lay in bed and think. Maybe it's that I need to get up and make a to-do list for the next day. Some people have said they get up and they sweep the kitchen floor or they mop. If it's something that you really don't want to do, it helps you get control of those thoughts.
1: Yeah, okay. Those are fabulous tips. I want to make sure we get to all of your other three tips for folks but you this bet. this is where i'm going to interject and i have to be very respectful here because my parents listen and, and sometimes they don't agree with everything i say which is a little bit pressured but um <laughs> I, as a former member of the news media i am aware that they are literally trained to scare you and if there's a journalist listening to me right now that disagrees then they're not being honest because I, I remember when I was told, you know, when I would do a promotion or a promo for the, for the evening news that I was going to do a story on thus and such, they would say, make sure you scare them. I mean, I'm not kidding. That's what they said. So my concern in all of this is that we're only hearing the hype and and not all the facts about what's going on with COVID. In fact, the the, the original expert they were leaning on, I think his name is Neil Ferguson, had to walk his numbers, his predictions about how many people would die way, way back. Now, of course, people have lost loved ones. Of course, people have gotten very sick. I'm not diminishing that. And of course, things like masks can help. Some countries have shown that when they have mandatory masking, they've done better when it comes to the spread of the disease, that they haven't spread it as much. And of course, we are now dealing with a resurgence in cases, not necessarily a a, a spike in the percentage of deaths, but a resurgence in cases. But that's partly because we've got a lot more testing going on as well. So I just want to say that be questioning of everything that you hear from the media and the experts. This is not a political statement. I am not siding with one party or another. But I've been reading, because my husband made me, um, a little <laughs> pamphlet by a guy named Alex Berenson, who is a former New York Times investigative reporter for 11 years. And he's talking about the fact that the, the, the media is refusing to give all of the facts, that, that some, of, some of the death figures are people who died with COVID-19, but not from it. Instead, they actually died from cancer or they died from a heart attack or they died from diabetes. They didn't die from the COVID-19, So, but, so they, don't, but they don't differentiate that for you. And, and they're also not letting you know that the average age of death, and again, I want to say this gently because I have precious parents in my in their 80s who I love very much, but the average age of death is 80 to 82. So, so most of the population is not at risk. It's just the truth. But we don't hear that when the media tries to scare us. So how do we give our child an alternative voice that respects us? Authority that respects some of what the media says, but also says, don't believe everything you hear. How do, how do we give our child the voice they need to hear?
0: I think that it's important that we model for them voicing appropriate concern. Maybe it's uncertainty, maybe it's frustration, maybe even it's disagreement. But I think it's also important that they hear how we resolve that. What does that resolving conversation sound like? Even if it's just self talk. Um, you know, I've said many times through this whole thing to our kids, you know, especially studying with the background of psychology, we learned that you can a lot of times find research that supports any argument. Right, right. So if you're in favor of saying, no, everyone's affected, everyone's in danger, you can probably find your statistics to back that. If you're one that says, you know, no, this is one that affects older people, we don't need to worry about that, you could probably find something that backs that, you know. So I think what's important is that we not park on a certain hill but that we put on glasses that basically say, I'm going to look at this through the eyes of wisdom. And what would wisdom say here? I think that letting them hear us say things even as, man, this concerns me. But, you know, I do know that the Bible talks about God did not give us a spirit of fear. Amen. Love and of power, and a sound mind. So right now, when I feel confused, when I feel uncertain or frustrated, or maybe if I even start feeling like my stomach gets upset with what I hear people talking about, I am just going to pray that God will give me a sound mind, and that He will calm my fears and give me wisdom.
1: Yeah. They do need that, yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that's what we have to rely on. You know, yesterday I had to go to the Department of Transportation and that is not a fun place to go. (laughs) Never. Even when COVID isn't in place. Yeah. But you know, it was interesting because as I sat there, I found even my adult counselor brain going through this checklist of, oh my gosh, these chairs are not six feet apart. Oh my gosh, there's only supposed to be 20 people and there's more than that in here. And before I knew it, my mind was going down this very anxious, fearful path. And I had to, to do the very thing we had talked about with the thought-stopping and just say, wait a minute, I am fine. God's got this, and he's going to give me wisdom each step of the way. Yeah. So my daughter and I talked about that as we left. I said, hey, that was interesting. This is what I felt happening inside me. I started feeling myself getting a bit anxious. Did you feel any of that? She's like, well, not exactly, but I did feel such, you know, and then she kind of went about what she experienced. And so I think it is important that we model for them that a lot of different things come up. And that we don't have to become a victim of those feelings, that we are still in control of
1: those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, you know, I'm not diminishing that we must protect our elderly and those at risk. But I am diminishing the media hype that that says we should all be terrified and panicked. In fact, here in Colorado, we're doing, I think we're the second... Uh, least, uh, uh, you know, we we have the second. Um, I don't know how to say it. Anyway, we're doing so, uh, among the best in the in the nation when it comes to cases and and the rise in cases. We're actually um, we've plateaued and everything else. So so we're doing all right. And hopefully you are in Wy- Wyoming as well. And of course, I'm not you know saying that those folks that are a little bit worried in some of these states that have a resurgence, um, you know, don't have something legitimate to be concerned about. However, I am saying that that some of this is truly overplayed. And I've got a lot of statistics to back that up all right so um you got two quick <laughs> more tips that you want to get to the mamas and you one bet. of them um is self-care talk about that, that that when they're feeling stressed when their children are feeling stress they, they can lean on self-care
0: that's right and you know jenny you and i come back to this a lot and it's not that that we're just stuck it's because it is that important yeah self-care is not selfish it's imperative We can only take care of others when we've taken care of ourselves. And our kids need to learn that from us. So I think it's important that we find that time and that space to refocus, to collect our thoughts, to find some refreshment, and maybe even to get some distance from some of the negativity and stress. I know there's times I just have to put down my phone and put aside social media, unplug the TV, maybe even back away from some of the conversations that lead me down the down those anxious paths and find that space and I think it's important that we even voice to our kids man you know I just need to take a break from Facebook today I find that I'm getting too worried about the things I read or I maybe I'm getting too judgmental about what I read but I just I feel like it maybe I need a break from that today and I think that for me that has been an important step of self-care and I think it's important that we find those things that plug us into our passions and what gives us refreshment. I know I had to pull out my Bible journaling and just consciously spend some time doing something that makes my soul
1: Alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. All right, so you need to get to the last and most important point. You bet. And this, well, so let me just say this, and that is that I, the reason I am saying um, let's not land on fear and and on hyperbole and and, and and overreaction is not to diminish that there hasn't been loss of life. Is not to diminish that this is not, not a serious disease for a, a, a section of the population. But it is to say God does not want us to live in fear. It says it over and over and over again in Scripture to not worry, to trust Him, to not be afraid, that He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. That is no way to live. We're not living when we live in constant fear. So talk about the last point.
0: You bet. Most importantly, Jenny, I think we need to be praying for God's direction to know how and in what specific ways we respect both earthly and godly authority. And I think that it's important to also remember that consistent time spent in God's presence will help us hear Him clearly. Yeah. And I don't think you can do one without the other. You know, when we're seeking him, we're gonna hear him. And he's gonna he's gonna lead us and guide us. He's gonna direct us, he's gonna help us discern. And we aren't going to have to worry so much about oh no, what's the right decision? But if we trust him for our next best step, that's how he will lead us and guide us.
1: Yeah. And, and to teach our kids to do that, to lean into Absolutely. God, because he is good. He is a protector. He is faithful. Um, and, and those are things to reassure us. He does not, you know, we're all going to leave this planet at some point. So I'm not um, suggesting that everybody's not going to die at some point. We don't need That's to overlook great. that. But we do need to give our kids the hope of God and, and his reassurances and his promises. So amen to that.
0: Jamie, how do people find you, my dear? You bet, on parentingwithpersonality.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter as Personality Mom.
1: Awesome. And you are our counselor for moms. That's why we bring you on. You have such good advice from others. I'm so blessed by your friendship and your help for the moms on the show. So so thanks for being on Channel Mom today, dear.
0: Thank you, Jenny. I love it. <laughs>
1: okay, good. Take care, hon, and you and your Take whole family. All, All right. right. All right. So I hope I haven't said anything. I always hope I don't offend anybody, but I'm sure I do. And I'm sure people, you know, there's at least 10%, as Joyce Meyer would say, that really don't like me or what I have to say. So I just have to live with that. But, uh, but I, I do come from a place of being concerned about the collateral damage of the fear that we're fear mongering across the country. And, and, and I do want people to be cautious. I do. And I want people to practice uh, protection of those who are most at risk. I, I truly do. But when you look at the original predictions for this whole thing. And when you look at uh, how the numbers play out when it comes to actual deaths, it it, it has been overplayed. I I stand by that statement. It has been overplayed. And even the original people who predicted this stuff have had to walk back their numbers. And so that is my concern, is that we're causing our whole nation to live in fear and divided, and we're scaring our children. And I don't think we need to do that in this particular case. So, I mean, you can go do the research yourself. A a guy named Alex Berenson, former New York Times reporter, you can look him up, B-E-R-E-N-S-O-N, and maybe it'll give you some comfort It sure has me. He says we've done the public a disservice by by being too uh, frightening. Um, All right. So I hope that uh, Jamie's tips blessed you today. I'm so grateful for the fact that you listen to Channel Mom faithfully. I always want to be a blessing to remind every mom out there of how much you matter. I'd love it if you'd follow us at ChannelMom.com. You could uh, sign up for all of our videos on YouTube. Just look for us at Channel Mom, all one word. Um, Follow us on social media. Find out how we can help you. We've got a ton of ministries where we can help you wherever you are. So please look us up at ChannelMom.com um Also, I have to wish my husband a happy birthday. His birthday is the same day as Father's Day and the first day of summer. So we're going to be celebrating uh, him with a very special present, which I'm not going to say on the air in case he's listening. Uh, So yeah, uh, happy birthday to my one true love who I've known since I was four years old. All right, moms, if nobody's thanked you today, I'm here to thank you. Thank you for all you do, all you sacrifice, how hard you work to raise your babies well with so much love. I'm so grateful to you for raising up that next generation. God bless you. Have a safe and well weekend.
2: From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you. And may God bless each mom in her family.